More bad news for old Joe. Liz Cheney gets her just desserts. And white people can't even walk right. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, remember we were talking about inflation, and we talked about it about, I think it was like a month ago. And I said, oh, you know, inflation, it could take a couple years, but when it hits us, it's going to hit us hard. Yeah, um, nope, that was, I was way off on that one. Uh, unfortunately, the inflation I was talking about, which is inflation caused by the debt, uh, that's still on its way. That's what I was thinking. I didn't think we were going to end up with this, I guess it's called hyperinflation, so fast, and it's already happening. The crappy jobs report last week has really put a strangle on the economy. This was really bad news. Inflation, inflation, which most of us thought wouldn't hit for a couple of years due to the debt, has reared its ugly head because no one is working. There's tons of money in the economy, and there's still tons for, uh, there's ton of demand for goods. The problem is, with no one working, and the uh, production lines are not being available, there's a lot more demand than there is actual goods. So suddenly everything has gotten really, really expensive. This is something that the Biden administration, with all the garbage they're dealing with, this is the last thing they needed to hear. According to CNBC News, quote, Inflation accelerated at its fastest pace in more than 12 years for April as the U.S. economy kicked into gear and energy prices jumped higher. The Consumer Price Index, which measures a basket of goods as well as energy and housing costs, rose 4.2% from a year ago compared to the Dow Jones estimate for a 3.6% increase. The monthly gain was 008 against the expected 0.2%. Oops. Now, one way or the other, we were expecting inflation. Some inflation. It's simply because the economy is opening and suddenly people are going to demand more stuff and there's going to there's gonna be some inflation of price. Don't forget, over the last year, nobody was buying anything. Unfortunately, it's gone up way higher and they're talking about inflation actually hitting 6%. Inflation right now is rising at a speed that is faster than in 2008 during the start of the Great Recession. And even in the 1970s, it is, it is competing. The stock market is flipping out. The last I checked, it was down 500 points. It was flipping out yesterday. It was actually been flipping out since the job reports got out. The Wall Street Journal stated, quote, risking commodity markets, supply chain blockages, and hiring difficulties have prompted some investors to expect a prolonged upswing in consumer prices. That could lead the Federal Reserve to raise its target for short-term interest rates sooner than it is signaled, potentially weighing on stocks and other assets that have benefited from over a year of near-zero borrowing costs. Well, I guess it's time to go buy some gold and silver, <laughs> maybe some Bitcoin. Um, the economic situation uh, is the worst since 2008's recession. 
But we can, again, this is looking a lot like the Jimmy Carter age back in the 1970s. Jimmy Carter, if you don't remember, arguably the worst president in the United States history. And I'll, I'll, I won't go that far because I think there were probably a couple that were worse. I can't name any. Yeah, I could. But Woodrow Wilson, I think, was a worse president. But arguably, we are looking at almost an identical seen in the United States today than we did in 1977-78 when our economy, everything was in the trash. Um, We had high inflation. We had high joblessness. We had major divisions politically, not racially, but politically. We had a huge uh, oil shortage. You may remember, you may not remember because a lot of you may be younger, but uh, we used to have to get gas based on your license plate plate number, either odds or evens. You were considered an odd if you your license plate ended in a letter. It was really weird. Lines were everywhere. That's happening now in the East Coast. In Virginia, I believe it's Virginia. No, it's North Carolina. Excuse me. Seventy percent of the gas stations in North Carolina are out completely out of gas because of this mess with that uh, hack with that ransomware attack on colonial on the colonial pipeline major foreign policy issues and surprisingly with iran you remember the iranian hostage crisis that happened in the 70s take a look at what's happening with iran in the middle east now with palestinians let's not forget that whole iranian crisis is probably be- is is because we ended up giving the uh, palestinian authority money to help with their whatever their their standard of living and of course they started using it to make missiles we've been giving iran money and and promising that their economy is going to be opened up again so imagine everyone thinks that iran is going to everyone in the biden administration thinks iran is just going to get all this money belong to the community and become part of the global world and they're not they're going to be a terrorist organization they always will be a terrorist organization joe biden is creating absolute disaster in this country you want to know the good news jimmy carter only lasted one term and his incompetence led the right wing led to the election of this right wing radical by the name of ronald reagan And you know something? I really hope that's exactly what happens. Because people saw how the Democrats were running things and they didn't like it. Well, guess what? They're doing the same thing now. In other news, uh, ciao, ciao, goodbye, good riddance to Liz Cheney. And when I say that, I don't mean goodbye, good riddance. She's still going to be a a representative. She just lost her um, leadership role for the Republican Party. And um, she's really been a splinter for the Republicans. So they finally had enough of her. They finally stripped her of her leadership positions. They haven't made an announcement on who they would elect. And you might be asking yourself, why haven't I... This has been going on for months now. This has been going on since January. And why haven't I mentioned anything about this before? Well, simply because I just don't care. This crap happens within both parties all the time. And I think this story has been horribly overinflated by the news media for two reasons. One, they're trying to make it look like there's a lot of 
division in the Republican Party, and the reality is there isn't. It was basically the Republican representatives and the Republican senators against Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney. It really hasn't been much more than that. And two, she hates Trump. That's half the reason she's in she's out is she just she hates Trump and she just can't stop talking about it. Um listen, there's no disintegration in the Republican Party. I mean, they're doing okay. They're not falling apart. Liz Cheney is still a conservative. She has an 80% approval rating from conservatives groups. She voted with her Republican colleagues 96% of the time. She just didn't like Trump. And the news media would keep asking her about it. And I think the and, and she would keep saying she doesn't like Trump. And then she got really annoying when she used to sit back. She would go in with uh, Kevin McCarthy, who is the uh, minority leader, Republican minority leader. And she would just out of nowhere sit back and say, I don't like Trump and he shouldn't have been in the White House and he's a terrible man and January 6th, blah, 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 blah. She, she did this all the time and you could see Kevin McCarthy. But you don't have to take my word for it. I mean, you can look it up on YouTube or you can just listen to this little clip because this pretty much sums it up. This is her press conference after she was told that she would no longer be the third in charge of the Republican Party for the House of Representatives. Uh, Listen to her and you can see, okay, yeah, well, this is the reason you're not in charge anymore. I uh, am absolutely committed, as I said last night, uh, as as I said just now to my colleagues, uh, that we must go forward uh, based on truth. We cannot both uh, embrace the big lie and embrace the Constitution. And going forward, uh, the nation needs it. The nation needs a strong Republican Party. Uh, the nation needs a party that, uh, that is based upon fundamental principles of conservatism. And I am committed and dedicated to ensuring uh, that that's how this party goes forward. And I plan to lead the fight to do that. We'll do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. We have seen the danger uh, that he continues to provoke with his language. Uh, We have seen his lack of commitment and dedication to the Constitution. uh, And I think it's very important that we make sure whomever we elect is somebody who will be faithful to the Constitution. this broad is just full of crap. I, I really, I, I'm listening to this again. This is like the fourth time I've listened to that speech. And you know something? She should be concerned about the current president because he seems to be ignoring the Constitution. President Trump actually stuck with the Constitution. He just didn't like what was happening. He may be right or wrong. And I'm sorry, the big lie, which actually is the belief that the Holocaust never happened, that's considered the big lie. I don't know why President Trump is always made out to be a anti-Semite or everything like that. But this is the problem with Liz Cheney. I mean, she hated Trump. The media loved her because she hated Trump. The media continually... I mean, Trump's been gone six months now. I'm. Why are we worried about Trump? Why is the media even asking any her about Trump? And it's not like they ask her at these press conferences. They do. But they're actually going in, they're asking 
her she's going on CNN, she's going on MSNBC and spending her 10 minutes bitching about Trump. She ruins press conferences. Right now, I I, I she's she just can't get over Trump and she's probably one of the reasons Trump lost is people like her and Mitt Romney, they voted for Joe Biden. Well, you're not I'm telling you, you voted for Joe Biden over Trump. You're the one that doesn't worry about the Constitution because Joe Biden is pissing on the Constitution right now. Um, she just can't get over Trump. She didn't like him. That's fine. She, I didn't like him. I don't. I wouldn't. I'd be afraid to shake his hand. I'd catch something. But all she really had to do was look forward, be quiet. Trump's no longer in the White House. Move on. She can't do it. She keeps bitching. Here's the problem. She's from a very conservative state. The state of Wyoming. She's probably going to lose next election. She was very close to getting censured by the uh, by the state legislatures. But reality is, I just don't think it's a big deal. I really don't care. Republicans have every right to choose their leadership. This is not against the Constitution. This is not against, they're not violating anything bizarre. I mean, my God, they do the same thing in the Democratic Party. This has been made into a bigger deal than it is. Um, it's just more media hype. And that's why I've never really talked about it. I just don't care. I mean, okay, we're, we're lucky. It, it, this Cheney is lucky I'm talking about her today because it is a slow news day. There isn't a lot to talk about. The good news about having a slow news day is that I get the chance to read some articles, and I you can see I've got some time left, and that really that really just show how stupid people have gotten. So there is this article um, that just shows how more how much time college professors have, and they have nothing better to do than opine on irrelevant BS subjects like the one we're going to read. There was some uh, Northwestern uh, Northwestern University professor, and Northwestern is in Chicago, and it's actually a very high-fluting school. He actually said that white people, the way white people walk is proof of internalized racism. I'm not friggin' kidding. We can't even walk right. This thing was actually seen as relevant enough for the university's newspaper to print. Now, the good news is it's actually a very short article, and I do have a lot of time. So I'm going to go through the article, and I'm just going to start tearing up the article because it is it is really, really asinine. And I want to point out, a lot of this is just racist. So it's titled, Are the Sidewalks at Northwestern Too White Too? By opinion editor Kenny Allen. Okay, so here it is. This is how it starts. When I first go to Northwestern, I wondered why walking around a campus could be so frustrating. Even when sidewalks were relatively empty, I would often have to walk way around people to pass without bumping into them. At first, I chalked it up to geographic diversity of the school. What? Why geographic diversity? You mean it's a small school? Okay. Maybe the people that came to this school were used to different ways of moving through the public place. But after talking to my black friends about my experience, they echoed, they echoed it. Pre 
people at this predominantly white school could not move out of our way on the sidewalk. I think Kenny is not used to being in a big city or a small area. This crap happens all the time in big cities. You bump into people, and race is typically not the issue. Everyone is in their own little world when it comes to walking down the street, let's say New York, or even downtown Chicago, or downtown L.A. It happens all the bloody time, people bump. And when I get bumped into, the first thing I'm not thinking is white guy, or black guy, or Hispanic guy. Uh, well, these guys, they have nothing better to do, I guess. Continuing with the story, this is one of the many reminders that diversity does not mean inclusion at NU. Even though the university has worked to increase the number of black students here, that doesn't mean we're welcome with open arms. I want to point something out here. Um, black. This is something I will never do in my writing. Capitalize B in black and capitalize W in white. This is a brand new thing. You used to never do this. Now you do it because race has become a thing. When I say black man, that's actually a description. That's not a proper noun. So this annoys the crap out of me too. But anyway, so that doesn't mean we're welcome with open arms. Okay, well, you kind of are. They accepted you. They hired you. So no, you kind of are welcome with open arms. And because they could have said no we're not going to hire you and we're not going to accept you. So this is just an outright lie. And if it's not a lie, I wish he'd have some statistics, which the left never uses. Left never uses statistics. It'd be nice if you had some statistics to prove some of this stuff. Continuing. Bedelia Nicola Richards, a sociology professor at the University of Richmond. By the way, sociology is not a science. Sociology is, again, you can come up with things, anything you want in sociology, and all you have to do is just use reasonable justification, and half the time, reasonable justification isn't even words. So I don't want to hear uh, sociology like it's freaking math or something. Uh, laid out a set of five questions to determine whether one's university is racist. Okay, I love this, this these questions. I almost said to myself, I'm not I'm not reading anymore because after I read these questions, it just shows you how bad these questions are and how sociology is not really a real discipline at a university. Question number one, which group or groups feel most at home on campus and which ones feel like unwanted guests? Okay, irrelevant question. Notice that everything is about feelings and perceptions. Feelings and perceptions are not truth and reality. Feelings and perceptions are subjective. This is already an irrelevant questionnaire because you're asking how does someone feel about something. You realize you could sit back and something like colors are considered subjective because people see colors in different ways. What you may see as green, I may see as blue. Uh, aqua, for example. And, and this is some, this is an honest-to-God argument with psychology. Again, another soft science. Is that seeing blue, see, if you have aqua in front of you, some see blue, some see green. Because aqua is a mixture of blue and green. Again, 
perception, that's a perception. That's not necessarily reality. And usually it's not. I hate when HR departments sit there and say perception is reality. I just want to raise my hand and say, no, it's not. Perception is perception. This is where all this microaggression bullshit comes from. So that's that's the first question. So right off the bat, this questionnaire is just is crap. Number two, whose norms, values, and perspectives does the institution consider to be normal or legitimate? Whose does its silence marginalize or delegitimize? Again, this is an opinion question. Shouldn't you be asking the college that? Not someone? Because you, again, are per- you're asking someone their perspective again. Whose norms, values, and perspectives does the industry institution considered to be normal or legitimate i mean no what does this institution say don't ask somebody what they think again more opinion more subjective uh questions nothing relevant here number three who inhabits positions of power within the institution again this is a subjective perception based question there's no objective measure. I'll go a step further. I'll walk into, let's say, UCLA or walk into wherever, and I'd, I'd say, you know something, the people that have the power are actually the black students. They have an easier time getting in. They uh, seem to get all of the perks and the benefits. The entire basketball team has a scholarship, and they're all black, and they get a play. So as far as I'm concerned, the one who holds the power is the black black people, not the white people. Now, I'll go a step further with that. First off, I'd be flat out called a racist. Okay, <laughs> I'd be flat out. Even though that's what the question asks, and I answered that question, they would say, well, no, it's whites. There, that question has an answer. It has an absolute answer. So to sit back and think that this question doesn't have answers already is, is crap. Okay. But that's my example. That's why it's a subjective and perception-based question. It's not a real question. I also want to point out, I actually gave you reasons why I thought black people actually had the power on campuses. It's not even asking you for that. So what they're basically saying is, if you want to, if you want to, um, who has the power within the institution? And you know what? Why do you feel that way? That could be something that might be me- measurable, but they don't do that. Number four, whose experiences, norms, values, and perspectives influence an institution's laws, policies, and systems of evaluation? Do I really need to say the same things over and over and over again? This is a subjective question. There is absolutely nothing objectively that could be given out here. Uh, and by the way, why are you asking a student this? Why don't you ask the school? The school's the one that's going to actually give the answers. Number five, whose interests does the institution pr- protect? Again, this is a crap question. Anybody who is in the institution, the institution protects. Or they're supposed to protect. 
You were invited to come to the institution. You were invited to teach at the institution. You were invited to work at the institution. If you feel that, if you feel, mind you, feel that you don't belong at the institution, leave the institution let someone else join. Northwestern's a damn good school. I, I'll, I'll, I'd take it in a second. Those five questions, I tell you what, as far as I'm concerned, completely invalidate the article. Because all these questions are questions that two of the questions shouldn't even be asked of students. They should be asked of faculty and staff. Faculty, staff, and administration. And the other three questions are just basic. All, all five questions are just opinions. And none of those questions ask you to explain your opinion. Because sometimes you can just look at the explanation. I think white people exhibit all the power. Okay, that's great, but why? Because then when I hear the reason why, I can sit back and say, um, this is kind of a BS opinion. But it doesn't even do that. So anyway, these are the five questions that this, ga- this guy asks. So this gal asks. So let's continue with the article. At this school, the answer to most of those questions is white people. Any honest accounting of the decision-making structures at the school would tell you so. Um, no. And this power dynamic is always present in the black students interact with the institutions. Then they should leave the institution. Okay. And by the way, um, why? Why? I didn't hear anything about the institution. Again, this is the problem with critical race theory and all of those other BS racist diatribes these people go on. Okay, where's the evidence? What, where you, where'd you come up? Yeah, I mean, with this question that he's, with this statement he's making, where does he come up with this? Because he feels this way? What if I were to tell him that black people actually have all the power today? Based off the questions these, that these people asked, he came up with all this? It sounds like a lot of opinions. Okay. Uh, let's continue on. I, I would have actually finished this article right now because the article was beginning to annoy me. But it's so short and I've got so much time. I might as well finish it off. Almost everybody in the United States gets some sort of education about Jim Crow segregation. Why we keep bringing up Jim Crow segregation, which ended almost 70 years ago. We keep bringing it up like we have. We are under Jim Crow segregation today. It drives me absolutely crazy. You've gotten hit, and here's a, here's something wild and crazy with Kenny. Um, Kenny has been educated on Jim Crow segregation because he's never lived through it. He's probably some millennial teacher over at the school. He's never lived through Jim Crow segregation. He has no idea what the real experience of segregation and institutional racism is. Okay, I'm going to continue. Black people had to attend different schools, weren't allowed to vote, didn't have any legal protection from discrimination. These laws helped create the image of black inferiority after the abolition of slavery. All true. And that sentiment trickled down to the way people interact at an interpersonal level. Disagree with that. The reason I disagree with that is people actually protested. They actually performed civil disobedience. Um, I mean, uh, Rosa Parks got arrested for sitting in the front of the bus. So people were changing their interpersonal experience. 
if people, I mean, I can't believe that people in 2021 haven't changed their interpersonal experiences with white people from 1960, 1958. That's an asinine statement. Okay. The formal rules of Jim Crow accompanied by a set of informal ones that governed the way black people approached white people in public space and vice versa. The social order required black people to yield to white people whenever possible. Both sets of rules told white people that they were superior and black people that they were inferior. Uh, unfortunately, that's true. And that this pattern of subjugation was the natural way for things to be. That's true. Black people were made to show deference to white people anytime they interacted. One of the ways they were made to do so was by stepping off the sidewalk when a white person was walking past. I'd never heard that before, but I can believe it. I mean, let's look at what happened to that kid in the South. Um, I can't remember his name, who was killed simply for talking to a white woman. Yeah, this this is this. I, I I would believe that's probably true. The informal rules are passed down through generations, just like any other kind of etiquette. White people came to expect the right of way in public spaces. White people were accustomed to moving through the world like that, intentionally or not. Taught their kids to move through the world in the same way, and the racism that is ungirded, that ungirded undergirded Jim Crow wasn't eliminated just because the laws were no longer overtly racist. Um, um, no, he's wrong. That's, that's not true. It was undergirded. How do we know it was undergirded? It was undergirded because people stopped doing it. Black people actually stopped doing that. Black people walked into restaurants where it was white only. Black people started drinking out of water fountains that were white only. Black people sat in the front of the bus. Black People would actually talk to the president and demand to talk to the president. Black people marched. Black people married white people, which also was illegal under Jim Crow. All this stuff, well, not illegal, but it was it was considered really bad. But, I mean, all this stuff, they did change. Black people did change, and white people became more accepting of it. But the big point here is that Jim Crow... First off, there, there are three points here. For, that was the first point, is that, no, people did change. The second point here is that Jim Crow was systemic racism. Absolute racism under the law. No equal treatment under the law. It was wrong. And we ended it. It took 100 years. Not a great, not a great time in our country. But we did end it. And I got news to you. I don't see black people actually jumping out of my way when I walk down the street. I've never seen it. So I'm not sure where this guy is living and I'm not sure what he does. I would suggest if he's actually getting out of white people's way because he's walking down the sidewalk, he's kind of a coward. And that's not my problem. And the third thing that I want to point out here is that they, the left flattens history. Because we had slavery, we always have slavery. Because we had Jim Crow, we always had Jim Crow. There is no difference between 1860 and 2021. There's no difference between 1958 and 2021. It's, 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 a, it's a crazy... Everything is the same. We've never made any changes in this country. 
We're still systemically racist, even though you can't say that anymore. Emmett Till is the kid I was thinking about. Emmett Till was killed in 1958. The people who killed him admitted they did it, admitted they lynched him, admitted they threw him in water, uh, threw him in a river to drown. And they received no penalty because we were systemically racist. If the same thing happened to Emmett Till today, Armanda Arbery is the prime example. Guess what? They're going to be arrested. They're going to be thrown in prison for the rest of their lives, plus 20 years, and may face the death penalty. That's the reality. That's what's happening in the world today. You cannot compare what would what happened to Emmett Hitt Till in 1958 to what would happen to the perpetrators of Emmett Till's murder in 2021. It would be completely different. Okay. Thank God, only one more paragraph. Uh, and, and I've talked myself out of this one. So many white people walk around campus having unknowingly absorbed a particular facet of white supremacy and the leaders of institution do little to make us believe that white supremacy is something worth challenging in the first place. Well, no, they did. They, they brought you into the college. They actually accepted you into the college. If they didn't want you there because you were black, they wouldn't have accepted you into the college. This is not to say that giving people space in public is a way to be an anti-racist, which isn't a thing. The sidewalk question is just one in which black people are made to feel unwelcome. This is to say that essentially, so sidewalks are racist. Okay. This is, I'm done. I don't want to read this. This is a stupid article. This is a stupid article. If sidewalks are a sign of white supremacy, I'm done. I don't want to read it anymore. Um, so this is why I just hate the article. First off, he offers no evidence of anything. Everything is opinion. Everything is, everything is opinion. Everything is perceptions. Everything is subjective feeling. That's all it is. He doesn't actually even give any valid reasons why he thinks this. For example, if a white guy had pushed him off into the road because he was walking, that's great. He never says any of that. He doesn't even say he gets out of the way of white people. He doesn't even say that. He just says he feels like he should. Feeling like you should do something and doing something are two totally different things. He brings up something that happened 60 years ago and says things are still alike. Again, the left flattens history. We had slavery. We still have slavery. We had Jim Crow. We still have Jim Crow. Nothing has changed in the 243 year year existence of the United States. This is an example of one who I think self-aggrandizes. He is he is so self-centered that he believes it's racist that people do not acknowledge him while he's walking around. I bump into you. I got news to you. If I bump into you, it's because I wasn't paying attention. It is my fault. I wasn't paying attention. Just like if he bumped into someone, is he a racist? If he bumps into someone, if he bumps into me, is he a racist that he bumped into me? Or am I a racist because he bumped into me? Probably the latter. But he is so self-centered and his feelings mean so freaking much that we need to, to acknowledge it. I don't care. You know, here's something crazy that Kenny doesn't understand. I don't give a damn about Kenny. You know what? I could be walking around. I bump you. I'll say, excuse me, walk away because I don't care. He's not important to me. And you know what? His opinion is not important to me either. 
And this is the thing that really gets me is I truly believe, honestly, I think blacks do have the power right now. I think it's whites who don't have the power. We're the ones being demonized, especially me being a white, straight, middle-aged male. I think I'm being demonized. I think the blacks do have the power, especially the black youth. I have been accused of I have been accused of being too old. People will not uh, will not freaking debate me well because you're too old and you don't understand. The frick kind of argument is that? Finally, it shows that anything, anything could be made into a racial issue. I mean, hey, the Dewey Decibel system that is used in libraries, there's an article today saying that that is racist. And here's the thing. Everything's a racist. No matter what I do, something I do, whether I walk on sidewalks or I can add or I can multiply, subtract and use decimals, whether I you go to the library, all this stuff can be what I read. All this stuff is seen as racist and I'm a racist one way or the other. They just have to hunt for it and they'll find it. Okay, that was a, that took me a lot longer than I thought it did, but I really liked that article. Okay, uh, you can follow, you can um, download or listen to his podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, YouTube, and Rumble. Uh, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I've got all of the video in there. You can take a look at all of the links. I also have just released a Dumbasses Talking Politics video short that was released uh, today. Why don't you go take a look at it? Just go to YouTube and search for Dumbasses Talking Politics, and it will show up. I hope you guys have a great night. I hope we have some more news going on. Uh, this is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.